0: Alexander Isak has overtaken Marcus Rashford as the Premier League player in the best form. Bournemouth continues sucking without Marcus Tavernier. Harvey Barnes attacks a goal like it owes him money. Jose Saw is the most inconsistent keeper in the Premier League. And Arsenal spank Palace and are making this title chase look like a cakewalk football fans far and wide welcome to the football v football podcast this is the epl game week 28 reaction show we got eh, kind of a lesser slate of games today there are a lot of teams playing in some other tournaments a lot of games that got postponed that fulham manchester united game was wild Mitrovic, i don't know when we'll see you again Say bye bye um, uh, to my to my fantasy team. I have him in all my fantasy team, so I guess say bye bye to that. He might be suspended the last ten games. I guess we'll see about that. But we we'll, <laughs> we're gonna stick to the EPL games for now, the ones that counted towards the uh, uh, the standings. Here, we're gonna go ahead and get started with Newcastle beating Nottingham Forest two to one. This game started with uh, Willock uh, bottled an early chance here, but made good later on an assist that we'll talk about in a bit. But the big takeaway from this game for me was Emmanuel Dennis coming out of nowhere. I didn't even know this guy was not on Watford anymore. But he is a composed finisher. I've always been impressed with Emmanuel Dennis. He's a composed finisher, and he scored the first goal of this game very composed even with the keeper right in his face and two other uh defenders there just a calm chip over a defender i think trippier who was just running straight towards the goal and he ran right into the net um and nottingham forest took an early lead in this game and it was it was an amazing goal and this is a tremendous signing by forest in my estimation and one that they needed i don't think brennan johnson is is enough for this team i think morgan gibbs white is a great piece for this team but Emmanuel Dennis is the kind of clinical finisher that this team needs in order to stay up in the Premier League. So good on them. Later in this game, Sean Longstaff got unlucky, hit the crossbar with a shot. But as mentioned at the outset, Alexander Isak, who is in incredible form at the moment in the last two or three games, could have had a hat trick last game, um, finished... A goal in a very acrobatic way, moving his body, contorting his body in an athletic type of way to get the first goal in off of a uh, a cross and make this game one-to-one. Another guy for Newcastle, Anderson, a fairly new entrant, I believe, to this team. Had an immediate impact as well for Newcastle. Uh, Started off with a strong, strong shot on target here. And then early in the second half, he had a header goal, which made the Newcastle side go crazy. Later rescinded by offside, but that guy had tremendous impact on this game. He is going to be a factor on this team. Much more so than Anthony Gordon. Anthony Gordon, what kind of signing was that? What have you done, Anthony Gordon? Nothing, not much, making me look bad. I thought Anthony Gordon was going to be a great signing for them, but he hasn't done much. There was an unlucky... Uh handball uh, in the 91st minute against uh, Nottingham Forest here, uh, against one of their defenders. Yeah, just unlucky. And then the guy tried to grab his head, try to, to, to act like it was his head that um, that touched the ball and not his hand. Sorry, bro. Bad acting. Uh, and then Isak uh, took the penalty, buried the goal, his second goal of the game, and the game-winning goal. So he had his brace, and that game-winning goal. The away Newcastle fans went absolutely crazy, and the players went to celebrate with them. And it was something that was really fun to see. What a what a sight by these Newcastle fans! I know Forrest has some great fans. They have a um, an increasing uh, 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 promotional campaign to uh, to make Forest a lot more well-known. I think they do have a good team, but. Overall, what a win here by by Newcastle, who continue to ascend in the standings. Um, if Liverpool keeps their form, uh, if Tottenham continues to, as we'll talk about later, go kind of topsy-turvy, Newcastle can really slip into that, um, to that top four and play Champions League football next year. We shall see. We'll move on now, though, to the next game. Austin Villa beating Bournemouth 3-0. Oh boy! Uh, Villa early in this game, absolutely relentless with the pressure. Uh, resu- was you know resulted in an early goal by Douglas Louise in this one. And as you kind of watch this game on the Bournemouth side, you know Dominic Solanke, he takes a lot of shots on goal, but overall just lacks you know class finishing. Uh, it you know he is now showing that he is a player that is tailor-made for the second division. I'm sorry to say it. He gets dispossessed way, way, way too often. Um, you know, this team is a is a team that started using uh, Django um, uh, Watara recently, and I think he is the best offensive player on this team uh, with Tavernier out. But Solanke, he, he's just a big tease. He's a big tease. He just takes a b- bunch of shots on target. But... Um, never in a dangerous way and he's never composed and he just often dispossessed by defenders i mean bournemouth is in the relegation zone now they're in, they're in 19th place they're they're firmly in the relegation zone they need Tavernier bad they need uh, dango uh, watara to to take over and, and and you know forget about dominic Solanke. i mean this guy just constantly disappoints me anyway back to the austin villa side here Buendia. I think he's a very underrated player, to be honest with you. I think he's a very athletic player. On this Austin Villa side, you constantly see him making really burst, burstful runs, and and just incredibly athletic player. So uh, the more they get him involved, the better off they'll be. On the Bournemouth side again, Philip Billing uh, off a set piece had a tremendous free kick, hit the you know was going for right at the top corner, the top left corner, but was tipped away by Emmy Martinez kudos kudos to Emmy Martinez there and the second goal of this game for Austin Villa was scored by Ramsey um, it was a pretty simple goal kind of deflected off the goalie there but kudos Jacob Ramsey um, you know the more shots you put on target the more you get yourself you give yourself a chance to score Ollie Watkins in this game had so many chances uh, just couldn't quite finish but the chances were absolute quality and you see the difference. In his quality versus Solanke, this is a game that really kind of outlined what a Premier League striker looks like versus what a second division uh, striker looks like, and I think Solanke will probably be in the second division if Tavernier doesn't come and rescue them uh, uh, to end this year. And there's an absolutely stark difference. You, you, you can watch the two of them. Um, so, Sorry, one second. Alright, I'm sorry about that, and we're back. Um but yeah, just to finish out this um uh this game here, um Tyrone Mings, you know, missed an absolute sitter uh to end this game, saved by Neto. But uh shortly thereafter, uh Buendia, the guy that we mentioned before, buried one in the back of the net with a header to make this a 3-nil drubbing. It's looking good for Austin Villa. They're continuing to to ascend up the rankings and and um for Bournemouth though. Um like I mentioned before, they are firmly in the relegation zone. They need Tavernier back badly. Solanke, he's just not the guy. Dango, try to get him more involved. Even Billing. Billing has been maybe the second best um attacker on this team, in my estimation. So uh I you know I, I I just think that's what it's going to take. I think it's going to take Tavernier uh, coming back and, and Dango getting more involved. So we shall see. But we will move on now to Brentford and Leicester drawing one to one. Danny Ward was dropped as the Leicester keeper uh, in this one here. Um, I don't blame uh, Brendan Rodgers. Uh, Ward seems to concede a ton of goals. Uh, Harvey Barnes, though continues to just, under the radar, be one of the most aggressive players in the EPL, taking a ton, a ton of shots on goal. They might not be on target, but man, this guy is constantly attacking the goal, and I didn't know that about him before, but that's my favorite attribute in an EPL player, a guy that is aggressive attacks attacks, uh, takes constant shots on goal, because, you know, when you test the goalie like that, a lot of times they make mistakes, especially if their names are... Uh, De Gea or Jose saw on a bad day. Matthias Jensen, very active in this game uh, for Brentford all day and paid off about a half hour into the game. And he has now scored four goals in the last five home games for Brentford. Kudos to Jensen. Uh, this guy is a uh, tremendous player for uh, for Brentford on a team that has Ivan Toney and and uh, Brian Mbwemo. This guy is um, a guy that does provide uh, goals for this team, and he might need to continue to do so. Seeing you know what what, what happens to Ivan Tony moving forward, so uh, another guy for Brentford, Rico Henry, uh, delivered beautiful feeds all day. One um, to Embuemo was a thing of beauty, and he had a ton the rest of the game as well. Great game for Rico Henry, and then Barnes. As we've mentioned already twice on this podcast, continues putting shots on goal and capitalized in the 52nd minute of this game with an equalizer, and that was about it for this game. It ended one to one. A couple teams, uh, Leicester needed this win a lot more uh, than Brentford did. Brentford is, you know, on the top half. Leicester is kind of on the um, upper upper bottom half, but um, yeah, pretty good game. By both teams, Harvey Barnes. This guy continues to impress me. I think he was he was definitely the star of this game, um, but good on both teams. Good, solid, interdating, equal game. Moving on now to Southampton and Tottenham drawing three to three. What stood out to me in this one, Pedro Porro, only a defender in name, plays like a striker, taking all kinds of shots on target and scores the first goal on a quality, precision strike. What a goal. And this guy is quite the weapon for Tottenham. Uh, He does not look like a defender at all. He looks like one of their their best strikers, to be honest with you. And that's saying a lot for Tottenham. But then, Theo Walcott and Che Adams connected beautifully on the first goal to start the second half and tied this game up 1-1. to The second goal... For Tottenham, great service by Kulisevsky to Kane, ending in a header. And then in the 75th minute, in what seemed like the game-winner, Perisic buried a clean-up shot to make it 3-1 and what looked like the game was pretty much over at that point. But Theo Walcott, the real difference-maker in this one, put one in just two minutes later. After his teammate, Maitland Niles, had a strong chance as well. Tottenham just... Started to break down. That defense started just to break down after the 75th minute. They thought this game was won. That might have to do with coaching, by the way. That might have to do with coaching, Antonio Conte, by the way. Then in the 90th minute, yes, almost inexplicably, Tottenham gave away a penalty, kicking a player in midair and pitting James Ward-Prowse against his former teammate, Forrester and it was an incredible, improbable comeback for Southampton. Southampton, bottom of table. Tottenham, top three, I believe. Top three or four. <clears throat> and Perisic very nearly stole this one in the 98th minute, three minutes past the original stoppage time. But this game ended 3-3. And I made a reel about uh, Antonio Conte and his press conference. Go check that out as well. He was absolutely heated after this one, calling out management, calling out his selfish players. I'm surprised he's not fired. I'm surprised he hasn't been sacked so far. Maybe Tottenham management realizes this is what we need. We've never won the Premier League. We've never, won. We've never won the Champions League. Kante has, as I mentioned, has won both. He has experience there. He's one of the most well-respected, well-regarded uh, managers in football. So we shall see. He continues to have a leash on this team. Maybe they feel like this is the kick in, in the pants that Tottenham need to to uh, to set them up. Because that defense, what happened after the 75th minute to concede those two goals, that was horrible. That was horrible. But that has to do with both. That has to do both with, with coaching and formation, uh, but then also the, the will and the desire of the players. Speaking of will and desire, um, Jan Bednarek, they said was sent to the hospital with broken ribs. Even though he sustained them in the first half, he continued to play until halftime and then was pulled and then taken to hospital uh, with, uh, w- with broken ribs. So that sounds pretty painful, but hope he's okay. We'll move on now to Leeds beating Wolves 4-2 in a strange, wet, rainy, but sometimes sunny game made for some dramatic slow-motion video shots here jack harrison how many times am i going to say this guy's name in association with Leeds? this guy he's carrying this team he is single-handedly keeping them in the premiership single-handedly yes i I mean i'm not even really exaggerating on that because you know while some some of these other peripheral players are, are 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 playing sort of well they're all underperforming relative to jack harrison six minutes into the game Continues showing he's perhaps you know uh, you know uh, for for the fourth game in in a row just lighting it up lighting it up uh, he's clearly the you know the best player in the team the best form and he scored a goal with an incredible strike here he's a lefty with power and he finished on that first goal to go up one nil on the other side for wolves Daniel Podence as always gives great effort and. Um, Almost had a goal in this one uh, very early on. And then he had another bicycle kick, uh, kick later. Barely missed the goal. And another great chance after that. And I saw at least three tremendous chances for for Daniel Podence. And if I'm the, the Wolves manager... I'm, I'm playing this guy a full 90 every game. He gives you the best chance to uh, to score. He is a, a legitimate scoring threat for this team. I don't know why they've started to give him less minutes, but um, Daniel Podence need to be playing full games. The second goal for Leeds uh, came from a huge defensive mistake, and they left uh, Luke Ayling, a defender, wide open in the back post for an easy header goal. Just a huge mistake by Wolves. Uh, And then this game got silly. Uh, Jose saw gave up another weak goal to Christensen right after Christensen had entered the game. But, uh, you know, he could have saved this one. It, it, It was quite easy. He couldn't handle it. And as mentioned in a previous podcast, you know, Jose saw is a true feast or famine goalie. The same way I feel about David De Gea. He has... Really, really great games and really, really terrible games. And he had a really, really terrible game today. Today was a famine game. Um, and then this game was, was 3-0 for Leeds uh, midway through the second half, and it looked uh, to be out of hand for, for Wolves. And then Melier comes way out of his goal for a diving header to uh, get the ball away. But Johnny, the Wolves uh, 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 defender, strikes it from almost mid- midfield and scores. And it makes the game 3-1. to one. Then a few minutes later, Wolves put in another goal, tricking Melier again. Then all of a sudden, this game is 3-2, and it's very much so a game again for Wolves. And then after a nasty tackle by Johnny on Luke Ayling, resulting in a red card, off. Rodrigo um, comes into the game and, you know, puts it out of reach essentially in the final minute of extra time to bury the fourth goal and make it 4-2. Now, this last goal doesn't didn't count, come without controversy. Uh, of course, um, this is the goal that pre- was preceded by the uh, Adama uh, shirt tug, you know when you have all that baby oil you can't really grab onto any part of his skin so you got to grab onto his shirt and i think he's kind of inviting that with all that baby oil um and this should have been called a foul very clearly i mean it was even reviewed and the referee didn't call it and um, what was a weird rainy match it, it just seemed like the goalie just wanted to sorry the ref just wanted to to, to go home um yeah, like I mentioned, it was a very clear foul, uh, and then uh, the ref gave red cards to several players on the Wolves bench. Just got really messy overall. wasn't a very well officiated game. wasn't very composed, um, and the ref kind of felt it toward the end, and he gave uh, this game an extra five minutes uh, because of the madness. But just you know, despite many chances that that Wolves had in those those final five minutes. Uh, trying to make up two goals instead of one just not the same they couldn't do it um and Leeds end up winning this one big big win for them big loss for wolves uh if i'm wolves i am i am uh very disappointed in in, in the refereeing in this game um i didn't see any of the the the, the post-match uh, comments but i'm sure wolves will have a lot to say about this uh when you are uh, climbing back three-two and you're trying to find that momentum, and then you uh, don't get a foul goal right before a goal, or the final goal by Leeds, yeah, I would be upset. Um, so Wolves, you have a case. Leeds, you score four goals. You take advantage of this Jose Sa, who will be Swiss cheese one day and a brick wall the next. And today he was Swiss cheese, and you guys took advantage of it. Kudos to you. Next, we have Chelsea and Everton drawing 2-2. Two two. A very strange formation by Everton in this one. Uh, this was a 4-4-1-1. Four, four, one, one. And whenever you put just one striker up top with one guy right behind him, you set them up for failure. In my estimation, this is a horrible formation. I've seen it before. Um... And unless you just plan to play defense all game, you're really setting yourself up for failure. And this reminds me of that that old Pookie formation that got Norwich uh, relegated. Um, so I'm not a big fan of it. But anyway, moving on. I mean, Chelsea and uh, uh, Jao Felix putting shots on goal as always early in this game. Early on, he was not converting as he has been wont to do uh, early in his Chelsea career here. But finally, he did come through with the first goal of the game here uh, in the second half and finally got one in. Um, On the other side, for for Everton, I thought Iwobi uh, was a force, as he always is. And I've always been a big fan of uh, Iwobi. I think his pace, his activity, his enthusiasm... Are um, really important for Everton and are n- are never fully utilized by this team. There is nobody to take advantage and capitalize on uh, a lot of things that he provides for them. But he was good today, very good today, uh, and you know Everton's uh, efforting paid off with a goal by Decore. In a messy box situation from a set piece, he utilized his height to put in a goal for Everton to tie it up and had the crowd going crazy. Everton, that that crowd, when you give him something to cheer about, that Everton crowd can absolutely go go ballistic. And I don't blame them because as I'm watching this game, like I said, that formation, I had no faith in Everton. I had no faith in them at all. So when they put in that goal, they were, those fans were probably shocked, as shocked as I was. And then the Everton defenders then combined to give up a very lazy penalty kick to Rhys James. Um, Rhys James was talking a lot after that and got a yellow card. Uh, Pickford, then the uh, Everton keeper, tried playing mind games with Havertz, walking up to him, intimidating him. But then Havertz buried the PK in slow motion and then mocked Pickford doing one of these. Um, yeah, mind games, but that was that was fun to watch. Then, out of nowhere, and when I mean out of nowhere, in the 89th minute, Chelsea inexplicably gave up Perhaps the laziest goal I've ever seen to some guy I've never heard of. uh, And I still don't know his full name. I think it was Ellie Sims. I think maybe it was his first appearance for for Everton. You you won't believe how easily they give up this goal in such a pivotal time. Up to one needing these points. It was uh, unforgivable. I mean, and this really just kind of emphasizes... The the Chelsea story this year, a team that is playing in the Champions League and having some success. I believe they're on to the quarterfinals at this point, but they sit in the tenth place in uh, in the Premier League, and and this is why stuff like this, not knowing how to uh, uh, to finish games, and I I wasn't following if Cucurella was in this game or what kind of formation um grand potter had um in this one but uh that guy is really struggling i mean everton is a bottom of the uh of the table uh side and uh to give up that leg late goal to them was just really 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 bad but when you look at it the other way everton stealing a point here vital for them they continue to to fight this is the second year in a row maybe the third year where Everton is just struggling to stay alive in the Premier League, and this is a team that uh, you know is is a rival of Liverpool has has their has their a stadium right next to Liverpool, it's supposed to be on that level, it's supposed to be one of the big teams, but they continue to to struggle to put things together, uh, struggle to find a um, a competent uh, manager, struggle to find um, cohesion in their team. I mean, this is a a team that, that had Calvert Lewin and Richarlison and were one one of the most potent um offenses uh for 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 a long time, but still just yeah, I don't know. Just bad luck for this team, I suppose. But um we'll see. We'll see. Um uh this uh relegation battle which we'll touch on later is um maybe unprecedented, at least, you know, for the past few years, uh, or the past decade or so. Um this is shaping up to be quite the quite the race. And the final game here. <clears throat> Arsenal beating Crystal pa- Palace 4-1. This was an absolute bludgeoning. Uh, Zaha had a quality chance right off the bat. Uh, hit the post to start the game. But immediately after that, started giving up on defense altogether. Had no defensive effort. And his lack of defensive effort resulted in the next two goals one to Martinelli one to Saka and then later had another chance um, that was shot just wide and zaha just is lacking in finishing and final efforts and he's the guy that gets very emotional on the pitch out there you see it he's very visibly you know emotional he has one type of shot that he does that um, he's known for. From one side of the field to the the other, and that was the one that didn't that didn't work this uh, this time on that that second chance. But other than that, when you assess Zaha as a player, you know, as a whole, um, just not a very polished player. You know, like uh, a, as the allegedly best player on Crystal Palace, you can see why they're not one of the top teams when Zaha is is their best player because he doesn't give effort on on both sides and he's very emotional. Um, but later in this game, Jaka provided the third goal early in the second half, and Arsenal looks to be a team in incredible form, and they continue to dominate. And they, uh, you know, went up three 0 and it was looking great for them. And then Olise and Palace tried to mount a comeback in the sixtieth or sixty-first or second minute on a set piece. To Schlupp, what a name, Schlupp, uh, who schlupped the ball into the goal to make it 3-1. to And a general comment on Olise here, who is a bit of a polarizing figure um, to a, me and some friends that uh, that follow the EPL. In my opinion, he's seriously one of the best players on set pieces. High, high quality. You see some of the finishes he's had this year. He's one of the best in the league. But there are just strange externalities with this guy who doesn't seem to ever get excited or enthused or passionate, but most relevantly just plays for a very mediocre Palace team. And maybe maybe you don't know if it's the chicken or the egg. Is it because he's on Palace or does Palace stink because they have Olise who is not uh, enthusiastic enough to um, push this team over the edge? And then the fourth goal, Saka uh, put in you know the finishing touches on this one with an easy one timer finish. Finish this game four one, put Palace out of their misery, and Arsenal looks poised to. Uh, I, I believe they're maybe eight points clear at this point. It's maybe it's either six or eight points clear of Manchester City with ten games left, and. They just look to play well as a team, <clears throat> and now they have a lot of re- reinforcements coming with uh, Jesus and and Trussard and and Reese Nelson and and you know guys like that I enjoy watching like Fabio Vieira, um, Zinchenko. I think he's a great offensive defensive player. Even guys like you know Gabriel um, that uh, could score. Uh, defenders like Gabriel that can score. Ramsdale I don't think is that great of a, a keeper, but it doesn't really matter. I don't think Ederson is a great keeper either, and that hasn't mattered for for, for City because it never gets to these, these keepers, so it doesn't really matter. Um, But yeah, that rounds out the um, Game Week uh, 28 uh, reaction here. As you look at the, the, the table for the EPL at this point, there are four points separating the twelfth place team and the twentieth place team in the EPL. I mean that would that that is absolutely incredible. That is reason enough to watch every single game. I mean you're talking about what is that? Um, eight teams, eight teams separated by four points at the bottom of the league, and three teams get relegated. This league is is becoming a must watch every every week, and there's a g- double game week, I believe, after um, after the international break here. And even closer to the top or in the middle, there are four points separating the 11th place team and the 6th place team, which is Liverpool. So four points separating these clusters. So I guess that would mean eight points separating 6th place and 20th place. Or no, maybe, no, maybe, no, 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 sorry, that's not the case. There, there, These are just different tiers. There, I think there's a big jump. I think there's an 11-point gap between the 11th-place team and the 12th-place team. Um, but a lot to play for. A lot to play for. Staying in the league, Europa. Uh, Champions League may be out of the question for some of these teams that are even in 6th, 7th, and 8th, and 9th place, in my opinion. So we'll see. I think that's a, a battle for with, um, you know, I think Arsenal has it locked up. I think Manchester City has it locked up. And then you look at teams like uh, Newcastle, um, who are playing very well. Um, Tottenham, if they can get their stuff together, uh, uh, playing well. And I'm forgetting who's fifth now, but Liverpool doesn't look that great. We'll see. I kind of like Brentford, to be honest with you. I think Fulham now is going to start tanking after what happened with Mitrovic. He might not be playing anymore. They might have to play Vinicius now. Good luck with that. Carlos Vinicius, by the way. Carlos, not the other one. So that'll do it for the uh, game week uh, uh, 28 uh, reaction show here. I I believe there's going to be an international break coming up and then a double game week after that. So stay tuned for that. I want to thank you all for tuning in to this uh, Football v football podcast. If you are watching on YouTube, go ahead and uh, drop a like, comment, subscribe, subscribe. That would be awesome if you could subscribe and uh, just engage with the channel. Let me know what you think. Um, if you're listening on a podcast platform, um, if you have Spotify, please go ahead and follow us on Spotify. That would be really, really greatly appreciated. And uh, give a rating um and whatever podcast platform you you uh you listen on apple podcast whatever it is um amazon uh go ahead and 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 subscribe to us on there give us a good rating if you feel so inclined would appreciate that as well and then also instagram twitter most of us have it we're on there as well um that's a great way to 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 engage with us as well there's a lot of more exclusive stuff that I drop on Instagram and Twitter that can't be posted on YouTube or or the podcast necessarily. So go ahead and, and follow us on there as well. Much appreciated, football fans. Thanks so much for listening. Have a fantastic day.